Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 33 of Process to Profitability. Today, I am looking back on 2017 and talking about what's next for the new year. So I'm going to be sharing some of my big accomplishments, what worked and what didn't, and even getting into some of the numbers. I hope this episode gives you a chance to see what it's like behind the scenes of an online business and encourages you to reflect on the past year as you start to make your goals for 2018. To get started today, I wanted to look back on 2017 and see what it was that I was trying to accomplish and what worked in my business and some of the things that didn't. So the first thing I wanted to share is that my focus for 2017, my word of the year, was abundance. It wasn't just that I wanted to make more money and have more clients, but I wanted to feel the abundance that God gives us when we are in his will. And as you'll see, when I look at my business numbers, it doesn't make sense for me to be super excited about this past year. But I really feel like God moved in my business in ways that I didn't expect. And so I felt that that abundance, even though it wasn't necessarily reflected in the monetary value of what I was bringing in. So through 2017, I had some really awesome accomplishments in life and in business, including starting this podcast, Process to Profitability. We launched in June with four episodes, and we will finish up 2017 with episode 34. I have a bunch scheduled for 2018 already, and so I'm excited to see how it can grow. While I wasn't sure exactly what the return on investment for a podcast like this would be, I have started seeing that people are listening to my show. And even when I don't necessarily know who they are, I've actually gotten messages from some of my friends saying that they've heard of the show and that they've listened to it. And so I'm really excited that people are out there, that this show has impacted their business in some way, and that we are making a difference. The next big thing that I did, and it was a focus for the entire beginning of 2017 for my family, was buy a house. So we purchased our house at the end of June and moved in in July and have been working on it ever since. As you're going to see later as I go over my numbers, this did affect sort of how my income worked and how I could take on client work because it was a big process to search for a house, put in the offer, buy it, get all of that taken care of, and then all of the work that we've done after the fact because I couldn't work for a couple of weeks while we got my new office ready. But we are so excited to be in this home of our own. It's the first one that we've owned, and I have loved just having my own space and really finding something that worked for us, even when it wasn't exactly what we thought we were looking for. When we started the home buying process at the beginning of 2017, we wanted a house with three bedrooms, 
so that one of them could be my office. We could have our master bedroom and then have a guest room and a space for my husband to keep all of his stuff. We also wanted a large kitchen so that we could cook together, which is one of our favorite things to do. As we started looking at houses way before we were ready to put in offers, we saw so many different styles and types, and it was a little discouraging because the things that we thought we wanted were out of our budget. When we would go to houses and we would see what they would cost, we weren't sure exactly what we were going to be able to afford. So when we started the loan process, we wanted to consider getting a grant for to help with us to help us with our down payment as first-time home buyers. And so the amount that we could borrow came in pretty low. If you've ever bought a house as an entrepreneur, you know that it takes a lot of extra paperwork and some extra time because unless you've been in business for 10 years and you're making lots of money, people aren't quite sure that you are a safe investment. So it helped that my husband has a steady full-time job and I do make enough to help us qualify for what we wanted to borrow, but it was going to be tight. It just so happened that when we got to time to purchase a house, the amount that the bank was recommending for us to borrow in order to get that grant wasn't going to be enough. We couldn't find a house that was going to work that didn't need a ton of rehab in that price range. And so we upped our budget to saying that we would take on the entire down payment on our own. We had the savings to do that. And so we started looking that way. When we found our current house and put in our offer, everything went really smoothly. And I, I know that God was working behind the scenes for this house to be ours because everything moved very quickly. The only delay that we had was actually on the day of closing. We were delayed for one hour so that they could work out the numbers better. The coolest part was that after we had put in the offer, and it had been accepted, and we had gone to the bank to give them our final paperwork and work through everything, our loan officer contacted us and told us that the requirements for that down payment grant had just changed, and we could now qualify for it. We had just enough time to get in all of the paperwork and get everything working, and if we had put in an offer a little bit earlier on a house, we wouldn't have been able to get that grant and be able to do as much as we did to get our house up to the standard that we wanted it right away. Like I said, God was totally working behind the scenes for us there. And I know that this house was so covered in prayer from the people in our life. And I am so excited to continue to grow here. The third thing that really was a big accomplishment for me this year was to that I decided to stop offering brand design and focus just on websites. A lot of people have asked me how this came about, especially because when I started the podcast, I was talking about brand design, but I learned over the last six months that what I really love doing is designing websites for creative small business owners who are ready to take their web presence to the next level so that they can grow their business. They are experts in what they do and they serve their clients so well. 
but they feel like their website is just a DIY template that doesn't reflect that expertise. It doesn't help them sell confidently because they don't want people actually finding them online. So what I love to do is help those people create a presence online that reflects their style, shows off what they can do, and helps them get seen by their dream clients so that they can start charging more and focusing on doing what they love instead of all the little day-to-day things that we can get so caught up in. Because of that, and because I wanted to focus so much on the strategy of how do we get those website designs to help you with your big business goals, I needed to stop offering something. And that was brand design. While I love choosing color palettes, and I'll do it for any of my website clients, sitting there and doing logo design just wasn't lighting me up anymore. I had a lot of fun with the clients that I did work for in that capacity, but it wasn't something that I could see working long-term. So I stopped offering brand design officially in September, and I finished up the last of those clients, and now I am just offering websites, and I'm recommending other people for anything else that's needed. Since doing that, I've been able to create a signature process for my website design, That is a three-month-to-launch process that includes a lot of strategy. It is an ongoing thing that I can check back in with my clients so that they get the best of me and they get the best from their website. So those were my big accomplishments. But there were other things that worked really well in 2017 as well. The first was raising my prices. This one was totally totally scary for me. I had had the same price with my freelance client since I started working for them in March of 2015. Two years later in 2017, I finally got up the nerve to email them and tell them I needed to raise my prices. The before picture looks like I dreaded work doing that work every day. There was a lot to get done, but it just drained me and frustrated me. When I sent that email, I was so afraid that they were going to tell me that they were going to have to find somebody else. But eventually, I was able to send it because I realized that if that was what they needed to do for their business, I would be okay and God would provide. So I was at peace with that. And I sent that email, we worked it out, and I have now doubled my prices with them, more than doubled it. And so when I work for them now, it feels good. I don't feel like I'm being undervalued. I also raised my prices with my other retainer clients, and I was scared to do that as well, although it wasn't as big of a raise. But every single one of them emailed me back and said, I am totally on board with this. You have provided me with such value. I know that it's going to be worth it. And I'm excited that you took this leap in your business. So if you are struggling with thinking about raising your prices and you're afraid that everybody's just going to walk away from you, I would encourage you to write out a really nice email, just telling them, you know, that over the past year or months or whatever it is that you have loved working with them, but that you're raising your prices, I think it'll surprise you at how many people really support you in that space. 
The second thing that worked really well was building relationships through coffee chats and my podcast interviews. I am a total introvert, and so it was hard for me to build relationships with people when I work from my office at home and I'm not getting out and seeing someone every day. At a regular office job, I would make friends because I sat in cubicles with these people. I got to know their lives and I heard about their children and we talked the entire time we were working. But when you work from home, you don't have that opportunity. So this year I focused on doing coffee chats and networking that way so that I could get to know people one-on-one. It was a lot less scary than jumping into a Facebook group or going to a big networking event. And I got to build relationships through my podcast interviews in the second half of the year with people who are doing really awesome things. The third thing was all of my returning clients. So I found this year that every client that I have had since I started Lemon in the Sea came back to me for some kind of update to their brand or website. And while usually I have a couple of clients that I'm working with on an ongoing basis, I wasn't expecting this. But it really reiterated to me that I am doing a good job and I am serving my clients well because when they need help down the road, the first person they think to come to is me. And it's not always just with website tweaks. I get asked questions about which kind of newsletter platforms to use and how to do all sorts of things in business. And so I am so grateful that my clients have that trust in me and know that I will always be there to support them. The last thing that I did was more recently was that I wrote down my business mission and my values. I had always had them in my head, but I spent a lot of time over the last couple of months really thinking about what it is that I want to be most important in this business. It's not just about the website design. That's how I serve, but that's not why I serve. And so I wanted to figure out what that business mission was and what my big values are. So I sat down and I worked through all of those, and you can hear a little bit more about those in episode 31, where I talk about how Lemon and the Sea got started. And I'm excited because now I have those all written out. I have them so that I know them and I can communicate them well, and so they'll be on my updated website in 2018. But... Of course, as much as worked in my business, there were things that didn't work. The first was something that was a goal of mine in 2017, and I just couldn't make it work long term, and that was scheduling my social media content. It wasn't that I didn't find technology to do it or that I didn't have time, but I really struggled to get everything done in advance so that I could share on a share whenever it was scheduled. I would do really good for a couple of weeks and then I would just let it fall off. I found this was super true with Instagram, which was a focus of mine because I would schedule all of the images in advance and I loved doing that part. But when it came to writing the captions, I was stuck. I didn't know what to say and I felt like I couldn't authentic if I was scheduling things months in advance. And so I just didn't do it. 
But what that meant was that when it came time to to post on Instagram and that notification would pop up on my phone, I wouldn't have a caption to even start with, and so I just didn't post. So over the past month, I decided that I was going to jump back into this and really focus on scheduling my content in advance and give myself room for authentic posts, especially through stories and Facebook lives, but that I would make sure that when I didn't have something that I wanted to say off the cuff, there was still content that I could share with my audience. The second thing that didn't work is related to that first. It was getting visible. I wanted to feel like I was known in this space and I wanted to be seen as an expert. But as an introvert and as a starting fledgling business owner, this was really difficult. I don't thrive in the Facebook group part of business. And so even though I want to get in there and answer questions, my brain just cannot wrap itself around going in every day and looking through all those posts and answering questions. Now, my visibility has increased from what I've heard because of the podcast and because I've done more guest posting and just because I've been around longer and I know what my message is, but I still need to work on this in 2018 so that I can continue to grow. But I And I've changed my mindset. It's not about getting seen so that I can get more clients. I have something that I want to share with the world and with those creative women out there who are growing businesses. And so visibility isn't just about making more money. It's about sharing the things that I have learned with the people who need to hear it. The third thing, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this, was trying to find the magic bullet. I would look at every course that came up, every webinar, and I would think, okay, if I just invested in that, then my business would grow. Then I would reach those big goals that I'm trying to go for. Of course, no matter how much I invested, that wasn't the case. But I learned over the course of this year that there is no magic bullet, that I have to evaluate carefully what I want to invest in, and that I have to be willing to do the work to see the results. I've stopped watching every webinar that pops up in my email and I've started just deleting emails instead of reading through sales, long sales pitches for things that I know aren't going to be the best fit for me. If you have been trying to find that magic bullet in your business, I would encourage you to really take a look at the things that you're really good at and that you want to do more of and stick with that. And then Figure out what it is that you need to learn in 2018 and look for what the best investment is going to be to get you there for that specific thing. Instead of investing in everything that comes your way, try to be really intentional about what you spend your money and your time on. That said, I did have some really big investments this year, including the VIP Intensive 1 and 2, both with which were outside of Washington, D.C. Part of the reason that I decided to invest in those two events instead of a bigger conference was because they were small, they were intimate, and they had a lot of time for actually implementing the things we were learning. 
and I didn't have to fly there. So I was able to cut my cost a little bit by driving and staying in a hotel with someone else instead of having to fly and get a cab to wherever I was going. Those two things were great investments for my business. I met a lot of great people. I got a lot of things started in my business. And the VIP Intensive 1.0 is where I actually committed to learning more about the podcasting platform and where I met the people who were the first guests on this podcast. So you have that to thank for process to profitability becoming a reality. And in the VIP Intensive 2.0, I met some more awesome friends, one of whom I am collaborating with in 2018 and who I have been able to continue to grow with and build relationships with. It helped me to see how I could better serve the people who are on my email list and who follow me on social media by creating content that really is focused on helping them make changes in their business. The next investment I made in my business wasn't as large of one monetarily, but it did take a lot of time. And that was a course from my friend Kenzie Roberts of She Creates Business, a podcast for wedding pros. And she created a course about podcasting for creatives. And I decided after meeting her that I was going to invest in that course. And I was going to learn about podcasting after I had tried it out and was a guest a couple of times. And that course was what really pushed me to get my podcast live and taught me how it was that I could go about doing all the technical stuff to actually get this done. So I am so grateful to her and to that course for pushing me to get this out there in the world. And my third big investment is one that I just wrapped up, and that was Social Glue Sessions Round 1. So this was put on by Raina of Raina & Co., and we worked, she, she brought together a group of about 40 creative business owners in a Facebook group, and each month we have a Bravo call about a certain topic. And then she did a fantastic job of putting us into small pods where we could mastermind each week. And I loved this investment because I got to know a lot of people. I got to schedule coffee chats and find people to bounce ideas off of. But what really benefited me was getting into a mastermind that was committed to working hard, that we were really ready to dig into our businesses. And the ladies in this group have been so generous with their time and their knowledge. No matter when I have a question, somebody is always there to answer it or get on a call with me to talk through things, and I can do the same for them. So I would recommend if you want to check that out, Social Glue Sessions is opening up for round two starting in January, and I will link to that in the show notes. But even if you're not ready for that investment, I would recommend finding a small mastermind of people who are not necessarily in your field, but who are running a business on their own. And so you can start to bounce ideas off of them and create a relationship of trust with people who will tell you like it is, who will share their resources and their time, who will give you feedback on what it is that you're doing. 
if you're ready to improve your website today, get my free five website updates to get legit guide by going to lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. There you will find a guide with five easy updates you can make today that are going to make your website stand out, be legal, and it includes free resources that you can check out as well as easy action steps to get you started so that you can start making improvements to your website today. That is at lemonandthesea.com slash five updates. Now that we've gone over some of what worked and what didn't work in 2017, as well as the big investments that I made, I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple of the new tools that I've also started using in my business, and then we're going to get into the numbers. So I know that you've probably heard me talk about these before, but the biggest tools that I have started using in my business are Dubsado, ConvertKit, and Later. Dubsado is a client management system, but it does so much more than that. So I use it to set up my contact form on my website, and then depending on which type of contact you choose, whether you want to work with me, if you're interested in being on the podcast, you want to collaborate or something else, it will send back an autoresponder that just gives you a little bit more information about what to expect next. And it also helps me while I onboard clients and work with them because it keeps all of my contracts, all of my invoices, all of my emails. It gives me a great place for a client portal. Before I started using Dubsado, I had about a million different logins for my clients and I was using so many different tools because I wanted things to go as smoothly as I could and allow people to pay online and sign contracts online. But there was nothing that did all of that in one place. So I signed up for a trial of Dubsado and then I worked with somebody to actually get all of my stuff implemented. So now most of that is in one place and the only other place that my clients have to go in order to share content with me is on their checklist of tasks on Asana and to upload content to Google Drive. And the great thing about Dubsado is that they're always working to make improvements. So down the road, they're going to create a calendar. So right now I use Acuity to have people sign up. Soon that should be hosted in Dubsado. And I can also have people upload files directly to that client portal so that my clients have much less to keep track of. Everything is in one place and it makes it easy for them and for me because I know exactly where we are in the process. ConvertKit is the second tool that I started using, and you've probably heard of this one. It's very popular among online business owners, and that's my email marketing platform. I switched over from MailChimp when I wanted to start doing some automations and having a nice welcome sequence to go over the opt-ins that I've created, the resource library that's available, and let people get to know me and so that I could get to know them a little bit better. I have not taken full advantage of ConvertKit yet, and that's part of my 2018 plan, but it gives you a lot of options to tag people and make sure that they're really getting the content that's relevant to them. The third tool that I mentioned is Later, and I use this to plan out my Instagram. So I have other tools that I plan other social media with, but Later is great because it allows me to upload images and then I can schedule them on my calendar and all it does is sends me an alert when it's time to post and then 
I can post my image, my caption, I have all of my hashtags saved, and it makes it really simple. The other thing I've started doing with Later recently is that there's a media library, so I can upload things to the media library on my computer, and then when I'm ready to use that image in something like a Instagram story, I just go to it, copy it to my phone, and I have it right there. I'm no longer scrambling to find images for my Instagram stories or for some other posts that I want to write because I have a whole bank of things that I can go and use whenever I need to. And I'm still on the free plan for that. You get 30 posts per month, which is perfect because I just post once a day. And for the media library, you can have as much in there as you want. So I never have to worry about running out of content if I need it. I'm going to link to all three of those things in the show notes so that you can check them out if you're interested or if you need a tool that does some of that. These are, these can be a little bit intimidating because they do a lot, but I think that it's helped me grow my business in ways that I would have not had the opportunity to if I had stuck with the programs I was using before or if I was still doing everything by hand, like writing my contracts up individually every time. So now's the part where I'm going to get pretty personal and go into some of the numbers of my business. I've gotten feedback from a lot of you that you like hearing what's actually going on, what the numbers actually look like in a business like this. And so I went back through the statistics that I track and pulled out some that I think will be helpful and I'm going to show you what I started off with when I started tracking in February. So this doesn't cover the whole year, but it starts in February. And then tell you what those same followers or numbers are for my last collection, was, which was at the beginning of December. So for Instagram followers, I started out in February with 385. And in December, I was at 610. That's a pretty big jump for me, and I've been working hard on Instagram. The biggest thing I would say that I've done differently is that I've made sure to post more frequently and that I've been doing more Instagram stories, which I don't get a ton of engagement on the stories themselves, but I have seen people start to follow me more since I've just been on the platform more often and sharing more behind-the-scenes stuff. I tried out an Instagram pod for a while, but it was very overwhelming for me because I don't like to be on my phone all the time. And so I was missing posts and I felt like I wasn't being a good pod member because I couldn't keep up. So this has all been just through people I built relationships with or people who have found me on the platform, not through a pod. I think that's a great option if it's something you can keep up with. It just did not work for me at the time that I tried it. The second one is Pinterest, and there's a ton of statistics on Pinterest that is available if you're on the business plan, but I'm just going to start with followers. So in February, I had 782, and in December, I have 1,027. Again, it's not a huge number, but it was a pretty big jump for my platform, and I found that since I started using Tailwind, which is a Pinterest scheduling tool, I make sure that I'm actually posting on there frequently. So I post, I think it's 20, 15 to 20 times a day, and I go through at the beginning of the month and try to schedule everything then so that I don't have to worry about it other than posts for my podcast episodes that come out later in the month. 
And I want to start taking more advantage of Pinterest. I have a lot of opt-ins and freebies. And if you're on my email list, you have access to all of them, but people don't really know that they exist. So one of my goals is to create graphics for those and start promoting them on all of my social media, but especially on Pinterest, because I think it would be really helpful for the people that are searching there for business advice or who are creative entrepreneurs, because I have an entire resource library of things that they can get and start using today. All right, so Twitter followers have not grown nearly as much because it's not a platform that I am very invested in. But in February, I had 708 followers, and it's up to 843. The only thing I really do with Twitter is have my Instagram posts automatically post to Twitter as an embedded image so that it's... I'm constantly posting there, but I'm not very engaged. I don't really use it as a social platform anymore, but I still have it for my business. So I want to make sure there's at least some content going up there. I also wanted to note that because I don't use Twitter, part of my bio actually tells people that this isn't a platform that I'm active on and to go follow me on Instagram instead. And I think that that's a really good way to use these platforms that everyone says you're supposed to be on, but not concentrate so much on them. So direct people to the platform where you want them to engage with you. Facebook, again, was not a huge jump. I went from 139 likes to 159, but it has been an uphill battle for a lot of us since the algorithms have changed and people just aren't seeing our stuff as much. What I'm trying to do now is schedule out posts in Facebook so that I can hopefully get seen by more people. And I've just started doing more Facebook Lives, which has definitely increased the engagement that I've received from people. But it's, again, not a platform I'm focused on as far as marketing my business. It's more of a place where I engage with other business owners in groups. Then my email list has grown from 121 to 156, although right now behind the scenes I am having some trouble with ConvertKit, so I'm not sure that everyone is actually getting on my email list who has signed up. I'm working to fix that, but I have made it my goal for the first quarter of 2018 to really drive a focus to my email list. I want to create better opt-ins and get everything set up the way that I want to so that I can start reaching people. The one thing I do love about having a small list, and I talk about this in an interview that it's going to come out in 2018, is that I can be more personally engaged with the people on my list because if they email me back, I can always respond to them. When you've got a list of 10,000 plus people, it's hard to respond to every email that lands in your inbox. But when I'm only talking to, you know, 150 people each week, if a couple of them email me, I am available to have a conversation with them or just thank them for getting in touch. And I really love that because I get to know them and I get to see how it is that I can help them specifically and what they're struggling with in a way that I can't when I have a larger list. Now the part that everybody is always interested in, I know that I am as well, and this is a basic overview. And again, it's not the full 2017 picture because we're not at the end of the month yet, but my 2016 
income. So what I invoiced to people was just over 18,000. My expenses were almost 9,000 and my profit was just short of $9,000. Now I know that that's not a ton of money, but I have spent these years building my business. I started in 2015 with no idea what I was doing. I have shifted and changed a lot. And so while it sounds like it's a small amount, for my family, it's definitely working. And while I want to increase my revenue and I want to be able to serve more people, I also want the flexibility that comes along with having this online business that I can take off at three o'clock if I need to when my husband gets home or have summers be more open so that I can spend time with my family. So in 2017, my income went up so far about $500 total, but my expenses were a lot higher at $12,000. And the reason for this is that I invested in a lot more travel and education, in-person events, and networking. So my profit is actually going to be lower. It's going to be just over $6,000 for the year. Um, but it hasn't felt like a small profit. Honestly, I have felt like I have been more abundant this month and this year than I was previously, even though the numbers may not reflect that but I think I've made smarter decisions. I have been working towards a goal that I really want, and I've seen how God has used that in my business to really grow me and to grow it in the direction he wants to go. The other thing that I wanted to note here is that those expenses include tithes to my church. So I tithe on 10% of my income as soon as it comes in. So I invoice $100, I tithe $10. I don't tithe based on what's left after expenses. And I also donate 5% of my income, what I invoice every month to some charities that I am invested in. And so those are included in those expenses. But to me, they're more of an investment in the future and giving back what I have been blessed with in this business. So that wraps up the 2017 look back and now I am spending time looking forward to 2018. So I have decided that my word for this year is going to be blessing. For me, this has so many different meanings. I want to be a blessing to my clients, to my family, to my friends, and use my business to be a blessing to those people as well. But I'm also open to the blessings that I am going to receive from the people that I have built relationships with and from God as he continues to grow this business. So for me, this is a word that goes both ways. It's not all about giving or all about receiving, but it's about being open to both. As I mentioned before, I have broken the year into four quarters. And so my goal for the first quarter of 2018 is to grow my email list. My goal in the second quarter is to prepare and then launch a template shop that I'm going to talk about in just a minute. The goal for the third quarter is to build up a client wait list so that I know which projects I have coming up and I can get my clients ready to go and start working on their content before we get into the actual design so that everything runs as smoothly as possible. 
And I also want to spend some time during the third quarter just enjoying family and taking some time off during the summer when my husband is home. And then the fourth quarter is going to be a push to sell those templates to get people ready to invest in websites. It's going to be all about pushing for the sale and building up that momentum going into the new year. I decided to do it this way after some advice from friends who have seen that by focusing on just a couple of things every quarter, they can get more done because they can be focused. They're not running around trying to do everything at once. And so I am trying that out for this year and I'm excited to see how it goes. My other hope is to find sponsors for my podcast. So I haven't had any sponsors so far, but I am hoping to find some for the future. The main reason that I want sponsors is because podcasting can get expensive and I see it as an investment in my business and education for my clients and my audience, but I also want to be able to do more with it. So I am now outsourcing some of my editing. I want to be able to provide transcripts of every episode for people who can't listen on, who can't listen to the show and be able to reach people in a wider range that way. But that takes money that I would love to find some sponsors to help offset that. My promise to you is that if I do bring on sponsors, they're going to be people that I really find to be supportive of creative entrepreneurs that I've used in my real life and that I think are really going to be of benefit to you. My other goal is to launch eight completely custom websites. So I am taking on two clients per quarter in 2018. And so it's not a ton of websites that are going to launch, but I know that these are going to be awesome because my clients will see real growth in their business and I'll be able to focus on just a couple of people at a time and give them my full time and attention so that I can make sure to give them the best that I have to offer. Along with that, I have a really exciting announcement that has been going on behind the scenes for a couple of months now at Lemon in the Sea, and that is that I am going to be offering Show It custom website design. So you probably know that I have been designing in Squarespace alone for the past couple of years, but I wanted to expand that and find a platform that people really enjoy that still allows them to have control over their website, but gives them a little bit more flexibility as far as getting outside the template and making things work the way that they want it to. So I have been working with a couple of clients on Show It websites, and I think that it is a fantastic platform, especially if you're a photographer, to get outside of the box of templates while still getting everything that you need from a website, like the SEO optimization and a great way to get in there yourself and make changes. It allows me to do all of the same strategy that I would normally do while offering a different platform for the people that it's right for. And of course, Show It isn't going to be right for everyone, so I'm still offering Squarespace websites. But what I will be doing when I hop on a call with somebody is talking through which platform is right for them based on what they need right now and what their dreams are for the future of their business. And you want to really focus on the strategy of your business so that your website can help you meet your big goals. I hope that you'll reach out to me. You can always email me at samantha at lemonandthesea.com. 
And I would also love to know how your 2017 went and what you're looking forward to in the new year. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show. 